Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast. I'm Ryan McCreary, and to start today's episode, I'm going to be talking about some of the biggest games from this past week in college football. That includes Texas versus Alabama, which was the biggest game of the weekend, and that was a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to break that down. After that, I'm going to be talking about Ole Miss versus Tulane, which was another matchup that included two top 25 teams. After that, I am going to be talking about week one of the 2023 NFL season. The current NFL season kicked off last Thursday, and I'm going to be talking about a handful of games like Chiefs versus Lions, Chargers versus Dolphins, Cowboys versus Giants, and Jets versus Bills. We got a lot of football to talk about in today's episode, so let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Alright, let's get started by talking about the biggest game from week 2 of the 2023 college football season, and that is Texas versus Alabama. This was an awesome game, and if you remember last year's matchup between Texas and Alabama, that was an awesome game. Alabama ended up winning by one point in that game on the road. And this year was the second matchup between Texas and Alabama from the last two years last year and then this year. And this time, Texas came ready to play. And they ended up upsetting Alabama and Tuscaloosa, winning 34-24. to This was an awesome game. Came down to the wire. Um, a really good contest. Um, and, and Texas played really, really well. It was a strong showing from them. Coming into this game, I thought that Texas would be able to give Alabama a run for their money just because last year they were able to keep it really close and they had a legitimate shot of winning that game last year and they didn't have Quint Ewers for the entire game um, last season in their matchup. Ewers got hurt early on in the game, and so he missed a large chunk of that contest. And last year, Alabama was just a better team. They had Bryce Young at quarterback. They had Will Anderson Jr. They were just a better team, more talented. They had a high-level quarterback, and they don't have that anymore. Jalen Milrow is their starting quarterback now, and he's talented, but he's no Bryce Young. And so I thought, you know, I thought Texas would have a good shot at winning this game. And they looked really, really good here. I thought they played extremely well on both sides of the ball. I thought their offensive line and defensive lines were really good. I was really impressed by their passing attack. And I thought Quinn Ewers was awesome in this game. He, he had a ton of big-time throws, a ton of big-time throws deep down the field, and he was really good as a decision-maker. I like He didn't have a single pick. He didn't take a single sack, and that's awesome, and that's really unheard of uh, for a quarterback to have that kind of performance versus an Alabama defense. That's really impressive, and Alabama's defense is still good. I know they gave up 34 points in this game, and I know Texas was able to generate a lot of big plays through the air, but I promise Alabama's defense, especially their secondary, is still really good. So to see Quinn Ewers have this kind of performance was awesome to see, and it's really, really impressive. I thought um, 
Alabama really struggled offensively. I did not think their offense was very good. And it really all starts with Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow at times looked really good in this game. And at times, he looked really bad. I thought his mobility was super impressive. I thought his ability to move and to extend plays, to move outside of the pocket and create on the run, put a lot of pressure on Texas's defense. But I also that he struggled to stay within the pocket, to play within the pocket, to play within structure. And I thought his accuracy was inconsistent. I thought his decision-making was really bad. He had two interceptions in this game, and both of them were just really bad picks where he didn't see a roaming defender, and they were just bad decisions. And his second interception, which came in the second half of this game, really hurt Alabama um, and played a big part in them losing this game. Alabama was actually up at halftime, and I think they were actually ahead going into the fourth quarter. But there was a stretch in the second half where um, Texas scored, and then Milro threw a pick, and then Texas scored shortly after that, and they were able to get 14 points in like 15 seconds. And that completely changed the momentum of this game. And it re- and that's, that's, that swing there helped Texas escape with a double-digit win. Yeah, I thought this was a really impressive performance from Texas's offense. I thought they had some really, really good individual individual performances. I'm pulling up the box score here. Um, like Jatavion Sanders, their tight end, he looked really good. He had over 100 receiving yards. Of course, Quinn e- Ewers, he was awesome as a passer, was really, really, really good in this game um, and had some big-time throws. Yeah, um, and then, like, Xavier Worthy had um, a big play um, early on in this game. I think in the first half, he he caught a deep bomb. Um, Adonai Mitchell was also pretty good in this game. Just overall, Texas' offense was really good, uh, was able to generate some explosive plays. Um, And then late in this game, I really want to talk about their final drive, where they were leading, um, they had the lead already, and they had the ball, I think, they got the ball last with around seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they, they had a phenomenal drive. They were able to get a few first downs, two clock. Um, and their last first down was really impressive. They had, I think it was around third and 10. It was third and long. I know that. And it looked like they were probably going to end up throwing the ball, trying to get a first down to end the game. And it looked like Alabama thought that as well because their defensive line was spread out and they were basically begging Texas to run the ball up the middle. And you know what? That's what the Longhorns did. They ran the ball up the middle and they were able to get a first down, ice the game, and walk away with a victory. So this was a huge win for Texas. Um, I think this firmly puts them in in the playoff hunt. Um, this is a huge win, getting a win over a top three team in Alabama. And I know Alabama isn't as good as they usually are, but this is still a huge win. And this will be huge for Texas's resume as they are trying to make the playoff this year. So shout out to Texas, shout out to Quint Ewers, shout out to their head coach, um, shout out to their skill position players on offense, shout out to their defense and um, their players in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. I thought they played extremely well, um, and getting a win like this is huge. So shout out to Texas. Hopefully Alabama can bounce back from this. 
um, and improve moving forward. But yeah, they got a lot of questions to answer, um, and it'll be really interesting to see how they respond to a loss like this. All right, now let's move on and talk about another big game um, from week two of the college football season, and that is Ole Miss versus Tulane. So this was a, a, a um, nice matchup here. Um, both teams were ranked top 25 going into this matchup. And I was keeping up with this game a little bit. I watched a little bit of it. I'm not going to go as deep into this game as I did with the Texas-Alabama game because I watched the entirety of the Texas-Alabama game. I did not watch the entirety of this game, um, but... I will go through it a little bit, some thoughts I had. The one thing I noticed watching this game was that Tulane's quarterback was incredible. Um, the, the numbers actually don't look that good, but I swear I saw him make so many awesome throws that you wouldn't expect from a backup, and I'm pretty sure that he is not their usual starter. I'm pretty sure he's their backup. I could be wrong about that, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but for Ole Miss, so Ole Miss won this game 37-20 on the road, and it's a big win because Tulane was ranked 24th at the time. Um, I don't know if they're still ranked. I think they are, um, but I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, it's a nice out-of-conference win for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart played pretty well in this game. Um, his numbers were pretty good, had over 250 passing yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Um, he was pretty good in this game. Um, and then one of the receivers, Nathan Wade, had a big game. Seven catches with over 100 receiving yards. Um, and there, the, the score of this game looks worse than the actual game was. The game was really close, and it didn't come down to the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Ole Miss was up seven late, um, and they ended up kicking a field goal. Uh, Tulane got the ball back, and they were trying to make something happen quickly, and they ended up fumbling. The quarterback uh, fumbled trying to throw the ball with pressure in his face, and Ole Miss got a scoop, scoop and score. That made it a 17-point game um, late in this game, and Ole Miss ended up winning by 17 points on the road. But yeah, it was a, a, a strong showing from Ole Miss. Their defense was pretty good, allowing just 20 points. Um, they had four sacks. Um, six passes passes defended, six tackles for loss. They had an interception. So their defense was pretty productive in this game. They were able uh, to create a lot of havoc defensively. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Ole Miss. This was a big win. Their offense was pretty good. Um, and this is a, a pretty solid out-of-conference win. Um, so shout out to Ole Miss. Big win for their resume. And now we can move on to the NFL games. But before I do that, I'm going to take a short break and I will be right back. Now it's time to move on to some NFL talk and we're going to be recapping a handful of games from week one of the 2023 NFL season. Starting off with last Thursday Thursday's game between the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. Heading into this game, the Chiefs were faced with a really big challenge, and that was winning a game without either Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones. Both of those guys were out due to injury for Travis Kelsey. He was dealing with a hyperextended knee, and then with Chris Jones, it was a contract situation. He was holding out. He's trying to get a contract, um, and so he sat out for this game, and that was going to be a big challenge for the Chiefs. 
Those are, like, Kelsey and Jones are two of the best players in the NFL at their respective positions. They're both elite players. And so not having them really hurts the Chiefs. And not having having them makes the Chiefs a lot worse. And so it was going to be a big challenge beating the Lions without those guys. And obviously, they were unable to do so. They ended up losing 21-20. The Lions got a big win at, at Arrowhead. It was a huge win for the Lions. Huge game for them. And this was a really close defensive battle. I think going into this game, a lot of people may have expected for there to be a lot more scoring. But this was mainly a, a game where both defenses shined. I thought the Chiefs defense looked really good, especially considering that they didn't have Chris Jones. And last year, they were around an average defense. And then you take away one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And that makes them a lot worse. And so I thought I thought their defense would struggle a little bit. They really didn't. Um, I thought the, the Lions were able to run the ball a little bit, but the run game wasn't amazing. Um, and their pass game was good, but it wasn't elite or anything. And they were only able to score 14 points offensively. They did get a score on defense. That's how they got to 21 points. And we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I thought I thought the Chiefs' defense looked really good. Um, and the Lions offensively, I, I felt like they were better watching the game than the numbers indicated. Uh, but yeah, like the numbers weren't amazing or anything. Um, and I think the numbers show that like this game um, was a, a, a big defensive battle. And yeah, so I was really impressed by the Chiefs' defense. I thought their I thought their defense looked really good. And then offensively, it was rough for the Chiefs. Um, for the Lions, they had a lot of success passing the ball out of play action. Um, it felt like they were running play action on like almost every passing play. They weren't like their the amount of times they ran play action was it really wasn't ridiculous. I looked at the numbers and like their play action pass rate in this game would have been around average I think last year for throughout the entire season so they weren't actually running play action that much it just felt like they were but when they did run play action passes they had a lot of success with it and I thought Jameer Gibbs looked great the rookie running back at Alabama he looked super explosive and a lot of people were complaining about him not getting enough touches but when he did touch the ball he he was awesome um was really efficient as a player I thought David Montgomery, the veteran running back, is he a veteran? I guess it's fair to call him a veteran. Anyway, he, he was pretty good in this game. Um, wasn't as efficient um, as a runner as you'd like him to be, but I thought he was solid. Um, ha- had a big touchdown late in this game, uh, which really helped helped the Lions win this game. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was good. Josh Reynolds had some big plays. Marvin Jones was not good. He had, um, uh, he had like a huge fumble at one point in this game. Um, but yeah, like Amon Ross St. Brown was great. The running backs were pretty good. Um, and, in the Lions offense watching the game, it felt like they were playing pretty well offensively. They just couldn't find the end zone. Um, but yeah, and then offensively for the Chiefs, things were rough. Um, not having Travis Kelsey really hurts them. And like, of course, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. Um, one of the best pass catching tight ends of all time. Literally, he's that good. And not having him 
really puts the Chiefs offense in a tough position because they don't have a great receiving core. Just straight up. Their receiving core is not great. Um, they're rolling with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony as their starting receivers. And man, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony looked really bad in this game. Especially Kadarius Tony, who had so many drops. He had a drop that led direct, directly to an interception. Um, and, that, and not just an interception, but a pick six. And that's what killed the Chiefs in this game. They lost by one point, and if they don't, if Kadarius Tony catches that throw, that pass, which was an easy catch, that should have been an easy catch, but it slipped through his hands and ended up being caught by Alliance defender um, Brian Branch, who's a rookie, and he was able to take it back um, all the way into the end zone for a touchdown. And you just can't have plays like that, and not having high level receivers forced Patrick Mahomes to do a lot. He had a lot on his plate in this game. He was having to run a bit more. Um, he was having to use his legs a bit more. And he was forced to throw the ball into tight windows that I don't think he would usually try to attack. But because he didn't have Travis Kelsey, he just had to do that. He had to force throws into tight windows to give his receivers a chance, even when if they couldn't create separation. That was just the kind of game uh, the Chiefs had here. And honestly, at, ha- at halftime, the Chiefs were up 14-7. to And it looked like they might be able to escape with a win. Uh, but then, then things happened in the second half, like the Canarius Tony drop that led to a pick six. Um, and that just really killed the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs played um, pretty well in this game, considering um, everything they were dealing with. I know a lot of people, like like the announcer of this game, I don't know who it was, but one of the announcers like was saying that this game deserved an asterisk for the Lions. And I won't go that far. Like you, You've got to give the Lions credit. They're a good team. Their defense was awesome. Their defensive line played out of their minds. Aiden Hutchinson was awesome. I actually made a video about him, which you can check out on my YouTube channel, The Wire. Um, he was great. The defensive line got a lot of pressure in this game. Hutchinson dominated Jawan Taylor at times during this contest. Um, and they came away with some big plays. So, like, saying the Lions got lucky, in a way, is correct. But I think that that kind of does a disservice to the Lions. They did play pretty well in certain aspects of the game. Like, their run game was good. Their defensive line was awesome. Their pass rush was dominant. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was good. Josh Reynolds had some big plays. Jerry Goff was very effective. So, I, I don't want to say that this game deserves an asterisk, but I will say that, like, considering everything the Chiefs were dealing with, the fact that they lost this game by one point uh, with the way that things went for them is really impressive. Um, and when you adjust for the luck factor of the Canarius Tony drop that led directly to a pick six, I think nine. I think a majority of the time, if this game was played like a hundred times, I think a majority of the time the Chiefs win this game. Um, if I'm just being honest, and that's not to to take away anything from the Lions, they deserve to win this game. I'm just saying that there were some lucky things 
that contributed to them winning this game. Um, and if those things don't happen like they normally wouldn't have, the Chiefs probably walk away with the W. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, Chris Jones, um, who I mentioned did not play in this game, he actually just recently signed a one-year deal. So he didn't get a long-term extension, but he will he will be playing this year on a one-year contract. Um, and then we'll have to see what's up with Travis Kelsey. I don't know if he's playing this upcoming week, uh, but Chris Jones will be playing. He'll be back. So that's huge for the Chiefs' defense. But yeah, I'm really interested to see how both of these teams play moving forward because I think both of these teams are really, really good, and I can't wait to watch them moving forward. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the Dolphins-Chargers game. Not going to go too deep into this game because I haven't been able to watch it all the way through. Um, but this was a, a really close game. It was high-scoring. The Dolphins won 36-34. to um, And, man, I just have to give a huge shout-out to the Dolphins' offense. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Their passing attack was awesome in this game. And I thought Tua had probably the best game of his entire career here. He was just surgical as a passer. I thought he was really creative um, outside of structure when plays weren't perfect. I thought he was still able to make things happen. He had this one throw down the sideline where his first read wasn't open. And so he moved up in the pocket, made a throw on the run, um, on the right sideline to Tyreek Kill. You've probably seen this on Twitter. It was a crazy play. Um, and I just thought it showed, this game showed a lot of growth from Tua. Um, and he looks like a really special player now. If he can continue playing at this level, um, and I'm not expecting him to replicate the production that he had in this game. His production was crazy. He had over 450 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, one interception, had zero sacks. Like, the numbers were crazy. I'm not expecting him, expecting him to produce at that level consistently. But if he can, you know, be accurate, be a great decision maker, create out of structure. If he can do all those things consistently, I think he's going to be an awesome player. Um, and I can't wait to see how he looks moving forward. And I got to talk about the main beneficiary of Tua's performance. And that was Tyreek Hill, who had 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. He was awesome in this game, was really effective. And a big reason why the Dolphins' passing attack had a lot of success in this game is because of the Chargers' defense. And the fact that the Chargers' defense changed the way they covered the Dolphins' offense um, from last year's matchup to this year's matchup. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about how in this year's matchup, between these two teams, the Chargers were running a lot more, um, I think they were running a lot more man coverage, where they were, or it, I'm trying to remember if it was more man coverage or less man, co man coverage, they were giving um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle a lot of free releases, which they didn't do last year, um, I think they were running more man coverage this year than they did last year, um, and just giving them more space to operate, which you can't do with receivers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are freak athletes, who are, are extremely fast, really good route runners. You can't do that. And so that was a big reason why they had a lot of success um, in terms of their passing game. 
Um, so yeah, huge shout out to the to the Dolphins offense. I thought their passing attack was incredible. And then with the Chargers, um, they were really, really impressive in terms of their run game. Their rushing attack was really effective. They had 40 carries for 233 yards and three touchdowns. And they averaged, I think, yeah, 5.8 yards per carry, which is ridiculous. Austin Eckler was awesome, had 16 carries for 117 yards, 7.3 yards per carry, which is nuts. And he also added added a touchdown on the ground. And then Joshua Kelly, his backup, was phenomenal. He had 16 carries uh, for 91 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, and a touchdown. He was really effective as a backup. Um, the Chargers' passing attack was nowhere near as explosive as the Dolphins. Um, Justin Herbert... He had a solid day, not like an amazing day by any means. I don't think he was as good as Tua was in this game. Um, but yeah, the Chargers run game was great. Their defense, not so much. And a lot of people are crapping on Kenneth Murray. Um, I haven't seen this game all the way through, so I, I can't speak to that. But a lot of people, um, especially like Chargers fans, have been talking about how bad he was. So I'm really interested in going back, watching this game, and seeing how bad he really was. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about with this game is like this civil war or uncivil war that Dolphins fans and Chargers fans have been having on social media. Both of these fan bases have been at each other at each other's throats, um, debating who's better, Tua or Justin Herbert, and. The debate just sucks. Like, it makes me want to just rip my eyes out because, like, it, we can't just say that these two quarterbacks are really good. We have to tear somebody down. And I hate the way that, that like, the sports world talks about players and talks about these debates. Like, these debates could be healthy and could be good and productive, but they never are. Like, they literally never are, no matter the sport. Um, so I just want to say, Dolphins fans, Chargers fans, quit being soft. Your quarterback is awesome. And if someone says they aren't, don't listen to them. Just simply don't listen to them. They're wrong. Both of, both of these teams have awesome quarterbacks. I think Justin Herbert is better than Tua. But listen, Tua's great. He has developed into a really good quarterback, especially in the Dolphins system. Um, I think he is like perfect for that system. He operates it really well. I want him to continue creating out of structure. And if he does that, he's going to become one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, like if he can, can, like I said earlier, if he can continue playing at this level, he will be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL sooner rather than later. But yeah, that's all I have to say about this game. Shout out to the Dolphins for getting a huge win on the road. And the Chargers, you got to get better defensively. You got to get better defensively. And you got to get better on that side of the ball quickly. Now let's move on. Talk about the Cowboys versus the Giants game. And this was just complete, utter domination from the Cowboys. They won 40 to nothing on Sunday Night Football. I'm not going to go too deep into this game. Because honestly, there's not too much to talk about. It was completely one-sided. And the story of the game was the Cowboys defense. Which had 39 pressures, 7 sacks. 29 stops, 10 tackles for loss, 2 interceptions, and 4 pass breakups. And I saw a stat, or I heard a stat earlier this week, 
I think they, as a team, they had a pass rush win rate of 70%, which is absolutely ludicrous. That's ridiculous. That's really good. Their defense was awesome all night long. Their pass rush was, like, insanely dominant. The Giants' uh, offensive line had a really hard time pass blocking, um, and the Cowboys' defensive line, or their front seven, was able to get a lot of pressure really quickly, and it, and it you know, really killed the Giants' offense. Like, they couldn't do anything offensively all game long. It forced them to make mistakes. Um, Daniel, Daniel Jones had two interceptions in this game, and Jones did not have a great game, but it wasn't all on him. His offensive line was just atrocious in this game. Um, and this game was actually closer than the score indicates. The Cowboys, they had a blocked kick, or they blocked a kick, returned it for a touchdown, and then they had a pick six. Without those touchdowns, they would have won 26 to nothing. And honestly, their offense really wasn't that good. Tony Pollard was pretty efficient, but like their offense wasn't great. Their passing game wasn't particularly like impressive in this game. They really won on the back of their defense and their special teams unit, which made some big plays and helped them win this game. But yeah, this was just one of the more dominant performances I've ever seen in a football game. It kind of reminded me of the Bishop Sycamore game about a year or two ago when they played IMG Academy. Like, it was just clear that one team is way better than the other, and the Cowboys are way better than the Giants. And after this game, I'm starting to wonder if the Cowboys have the best defense in the league. That's not a hot take. I think a lot of people would uh, would either agree with that or like would see that argument. Like their defense is just absolutely insane. It's incredible how good they are, and it was incredible how good they were in this game. Hopefully, the Giants can improve after this because they just looked like they didn't belong on the same field as the Cowboys. Um, and that sucks to see. I think the Giants are a good team. I think their roster has improved a lot over the over the year. Um, I thought in the offseason, they improved a bit. They still need to improve offensively. Their offensive line can improve. Their pass catchers can improve. Uh, but still, overall, this is a solid team. Um, and I know I've been, I've been a, a Giants hater over the last year. Like, I, I said that they were frauds last year. And I still believe that. Like, I think... They were worse than, than their record was last year. Um, but I do see the talent that they have in this roster. And hopefully they can, they can improve moving forward. Alright, now I have one last game to talk about. And that was the Jets-Bills game from Monday Night Football. This was a wild game. Um, the Jets ended up winning 22-16. to And this was just a crazy game. Um, starting off with something that happened early in the game, and that was Aaron Rodgers suffering a season-ending Achilles injury. He tore his Achilles that ends his season, and this is a huge loss, especially considering that the Jets had legitimate, like, Super Bowl aspirations. They were potentially going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. If not, they were going to be a high-level playoff team, and without Rodgers, those dreams kind of go out the window. It's really hard to imagine this team being that good and being a legitimate contender without Aaron Rodgers. 
And with Aaron Rodgers going out in this game, I thought that that was going to be a nail in the coffin. I was I, like, when that happened, I was like, all right, this is a free dub for the Bills. But that wasn't the case. And the Jets stayed competitive, even with Zach Wilson under center. And a big reason why the Jets were able to stay competitive in this game was because their defense was incredible. They had Their defense had 32 pressures, 5 sacks, 25 stops, 8 tackles for loss, and 3 interceptions, which is incredible. And I think they also, no, I was going to say they had 4 pass breakups, but that was the Cowboys. But yeah, like their defense was really good in this game. They forced Josh Allen to make a lot of mistakes. And I'll go ahead and talk about that. Josh Allen was really bad in this game. He had a lot of really bad decisions. Um, his decision-making as a passer was not very good. Um, he was forcing throws into, window, into, into windows that just weren't fair. He would force balls into double coverage on one of his interceptions. He threw the ball out, or he was targeting a receiver that was outside the numbers on, on, on an outbreaking route, and he just missed him inside. Um, and that ball was easily intercepted by the Jets. Um, but yeah, I thought Josh Allen, Allen was really bad in this game. Um, and the Jets' defense was just really, really good. Their, their defense was dominant in this game. And honestly, the, the Jets' offense wasn't great, which isn't surprising because, like, Zach Wilson isn't a great quarterback. Um, I will say, it wasn't a complete disaster. Maurice Hall was awesome in this game. He was remarkably efficient as a runner. Um, so he, he had some big moments. But yeah, the Jets' offense wasn't very good. I think as a team, they had 16 points, maybe 15 points. And the the reason why they won this game um, is because in overtime, they got a stop because the Bills got the ball first. They got a stop. Then on the punt return, they had a punt return touchdown, which ended the game um, and allowed them to walk out of this game with a 22-16 victory. But yeah, this was a crazy game. A big win for the Jets. Being able to win this game without Aaron Rodgers is insane. And this was just a really disappointing loss from the Bills. They had no excuse losing this game. They should have won this game. Um, so it's really, it really sucks to see them lose a game like this because they're too good. Like they're one of the best teams in the league and they are too good to lose a game like this. But yeah, shout out to the Jets for winning this game. Um, like I said earlier, I think they're going to have a rough season with Zach Wilson under center. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I still think they are a good team because they have a lot of talent offensively and their defense is really, really good. But without Aaron Rodgers, it's just impossible for me to see this team being a legitimate contender. But this was a great win and they deserve a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of flowers for this. Um, their defense was great. They made, they made plays offensively when, when they needed to. Zach Wilson had a big touchdown pass late in this game. And then, of course, they had a huge punt return, uh, a punt return touchdown in overtime, which won the game on a walk-off. But yeah, this was a great game. A lot of fun to watch. An exciting game that came down to the wire and ended in, a, in shocking fashion as the Jets walked away with a win, despite Aaron Rodgers getting hurt early in the game. So yeah, 
But that's pretty much all I have to talk about in this uh, podcast episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all enjoyed the first week of the NFL season. I know I did, and I can't wait for college football and NFL football this upcoming week. I apologize for this episode going up later than it usually would. Um, I've just been really busy this week, so I wasn't able to record this podcast until late Wednesday night. You'll probably be watching this or hearing this early Thursday morning. But yeah, that's all I have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.